I know you're working hard, but are you setting the right goals for you? This is not about SMART goals or stretch goals or some other kind of acronym. This is about you and your life and what goals are going to work for you. Welcome to the Becoming Future You podcast, where it's all about you. I'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life. What are your special gifts? How do you impact others? What does living a great life look like for you? The answers are inside of you, and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. So I see you working hard and doing all the work, um, but sometimes you're spinning your wheels and it's because you're not setting the right goals for you. And I tell you, I wish that somebody had sat down past Mel and explained this to her. I wish somebody had said those exact words because I'm an achiever. Anybody else an achiever out there? Um, I was a straight A student. I got an academic full ride to my college. I was a mathlete. That's right. That's right. That's right. From fourth grade on, math competitions and trophies. I even went to state twice. Don't ask me if I placed at state, but I did go. Right. So I took tests for fun. That's what that's what math competitions are. Here's a math test, kids. So I was a nerd and I was an achiever and I'd always done so well, like so naturally. Right. None of that was skills. That was that was gifts. Um, I was just naturally good at a lot of those things. I thought I was a boss at setting goals. Truly. I was like, I understand how time works. I can make a plan. I understand SMART goals and stretch goals. I understand all the things, right? But I was setting all these goals and either I was not achieving them or I was achieving goals that didn't actually matter to me. They were goals that mattered to other people. I was setting goals that, that seemed important, but then I'd procrastinate. I procrastinate like it was my job, right? Super good at procrastination. I would work really hard and just never see any progress, which is just incredibly disheartening. I spent years spinning my wheels, thinking I was setting the right goals for me, but really what I was doing was I was sabotaging myself. So I wanna save you all that pain and heartache by helping you set goals that are right for you. So here we go. The first step to setting goals that are right for you is to set goals. Ooh, what have we got? Glare? Can I do it? Yeah, set goals that matter to future you. Set goals that matter to future you. If you've known me for five minutes, you know about future you, right? I'm all the time trying to help you get clarity on who that person is. Past Mel set goals that mattered more to other people than they did to me. And that's not necessarily that there was someone in my life saying, well, Melissa, you really should. Now, I've, I've got an example of that. Actually, um, when my husband and I first got married, there was a lot of pressure for us to have a baby. I won't call anybody out and say where the pressure was coming from. Society in general, but yeah, also a lot of, a lot of people in our lives. A lot of pressure to have a baby. So I set a goal to save money for having a baby because they knew it would be expensive. 
I never actually wanted a baby. And I spent a lot of years saving money for a baby, trying to figure out how I was going to set up my freelance job so that I could, like, have a baby until one day, finally, 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 it clicked. Mel, you don't want a baby. Why was I setting that goal for myself? That was a, that was not the right goal for me. It didn't matter to future Mel. As a matter of fact, future Mel was probably like, hold up, honey. No. Right? So even though I didn't understand what was happening, I wasn't working in concert with future me. I wasn't saying, is this something I want? And actually being able to clear the clutter and the expectations enough to actually go, oh, no, that's not something I want. I also worked to get promoted at my job. I didn't like my job, but I thought that that was, that was the path I was supposed to go on. So I was doing a lot of things based on what I thought I was supposed to do. Mel, you're in your early 20s, this is what you should do. Mel, you're in your late 20s, this is what you should do. You just hit 30. Oh my gosh, honey, you are behind. You're so far behind. So you have to set goals that matter to future you. And they need to bridge the gap, okay? So in in a lot of our times together, I ask you questions. Can you guys hear, can you hear me okay? Somebody's unmuted. That's what's happening. Got it. Okay. Um, you have to set goals that are going to bridge the gap between present you and future you. So that means it needs to be the kind of goal that moves the needle. So let's say if you are already in great health, right? Maybe past you worked on your health, but right now you're, you're good. Like you have the flexibility you want, the endurance you want. You got a, a workout routine. To set another health goal, unless it's going to make a significant difference, is not gonna be as satisfying. It's not gonna do as much to bridge the gap between present you and future you. Whereas if you've been neglecting, say, your spiritual health, and there's a huge area of growth there, that's gonna make a big difference between present you and future you. It's gonna do more to bridge the gap between the two versions of you, yes? So thinking, does this move me closer? Ask yourself the question. How does this goal bridge the gap between present me and future me is going to help you focus and pick goals that actually do make a difference, right? Doesn't mean, I'm not telling you to abandon your health. Like, I'll never tell you that, right? I'm not telling you you can't set a health goal, but I'm telling you, and we're gonna, we're gonna, this is the next one. I don't wanna jump ahead. Um, I'm not telling you to not focus on what you're already maintaining, but I'm telling you, that you need to focus on where the gap is and ask how does this bridge the gap? Which brings me to number two, which is, I gotta check, check my, there we go, okay. Do the hard things first. Do the hard things first. Passmel, Passmel was really afraid to fail. So unless past Mel was positive she could do it, she for sure wasn't going to set that goal. The hard things are the bigger gaps between present you and future you. 
So I wanna do a little exercise with you right now. Our lives, our lives seek balance. And a lot of my students who go through Unlock Your Five Star Future, they come to me with one specific thing in mind. Like maybe they come to me and they're like, Mel, I just wanna be more creative. I just wanna be more focused when I'm writing. That's, they're, they come to me taking the class because they're like, I just need to move the needle on my career. Then they go through the first week of class. And in the first week of class, we do a life review where we look at all the areas of your life because it is very hard to be super successful in your career and take your career from like four stars to five stars if your relationship at home is at a one star. You can't just like separate out and shake off other parts of your life. If your physical health is in the dumpster, it's very hard to focus. It's very hard to do creative work, right? So let's do this exercise. I'm going to slowly list off different areas of your life. And, and right now, taking notes or close your eyes and, and do this silently in your head. I want you to rate the area of your life between one star, one star being like, oh, uh, or even half a star, zero stars being everything is in the dumpster and the dumpster is on fire and five stars. And five stars is, this is the best I could ever possibly imagine. No, not only is this the best that I could possibly imagine, if one of my friends were looking at my life from the outside and they wanted to imagine like me deserving the best, I don't want to say, let me not, let me not confuse this. Strike that part about the friends. I don't want to confuse you. This is not about other people. This is about you. Five stars is the best you can possibly imagine. Okay. One star to five stars. Feel free to use half stars. All right. So what would you rate? your romantic relationship. One star being this is the worst and I don't know how I'm still functioning in this relationship. Five stars being I float around on a cloud of rainbows and love all day long. Now rate your family and friends. Family and friends, are you at five stars? You have all the best friendships you could possibly imagine. You feel fully supported at all times. You have amazing cheerleaders and one star. You don't have anybody you can count on. It's just you and other people trying to drag you down. Now rate your physical health. Five stars, you ran a marathon yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. Marathon's not the only, that's not the only like measure of health. But five stars, you for the age that you're at, this is like amazing health. You feel vibrant and you have energy and you can do what you want. Now let's talk about your giving and volunteering. What are you doing for others? Are you at one star? 
when I said giving and volunteering, did you just internally cringe? Because you're like, oh, oops, haven't even thought about it. I meant to. I meant to, but I forgot. Or are you at five stars? You feel like you're giving back in a way that's meaningful to you. How about your hobbies and self-care? Are you out of five? Like, holy moly, you have got hobbies that you love and you actually do them. And they, they bring you joy and fulfillment. Or are you at a one? When I said hobbies, did you just say, what are hobbies? <laughs> Past Mel? If past Mel had been asked that question six, seven, year, seven years ago, um, I think I would have said, what are hobbies? They were in the dumpster. Now your career. Now your career, when you rate this one, are you at your ideal place in your career? Is this the best that you can imagine? And if you are in a job that you don't like, but you are working on another job that you, let's say you're, you have a day job, but you want to write full time, right? You got to marry these two, okay? They're not separate. Your career is one thing, right? So maybe your writing life is at four stars and your day job life is at two stars. Where do they meet? How about your spiritual and emotional health? What's your relationship with whatever you believe in? Do you touch base with the universe? Do you feel like you're, you're vibing, like you're in concert with your creator? Or are you totally out of touch? One star to five stars. How about personal growth? You're watching me. So I'm going to say you're not at a zero star. Yay you. But you've probably heard a million people say, if you're not growing, you're dying. That's because growth is natural in nature. And humans are meant to grow as well. You're not static. You're constantly changing. Are you influencing that change? Are you growing on purpose? And last, but definitely not least, how is your relationship with money? Are you at a one star where money is basically your enemy? Never shows up when you need her? Are you at five stars where money flows to you easily? So now that you have all these different ratings, of all these different areas of your life, let's go back to what I said. Your life seeks balance. And if you wanna bridge the gap between present you and future you, you have to look at where the biggest gaps are. So now on your paper, I want you to circle your two lowest rated life areas. Or if you have a, a bunch of low ones, you know, everyone that's that low, lowest rating that you have. 
Those are the parts of your life that need your attention. More than likely, goals in those areas are also going to make you feel the most uncomfortable because those are the areas you're not comfortable in. You see what I'm saying? Picking a goal, setting a goal in your lowest rated life area will, yes, it will be hard. It will be uncomfortable and you will feel the most out of your depth, right? Because if you knew how to fix those things, you would have done them already. That's where you see the biggest difference. That's where you start seeing the most progress. And when you set goals that you work on and then you see the progress, you want to keep going. Now, before we go on to step three, I don't want to forget to mention this. So I keep talking about future you. What does future you want? Does this goal matter to future you? Does it bridge the gap between present you and future you? If you would like to get to know future you better, I have a free journal for you, a free downloadable journal on my website. Just go to meljolly.com forward slash journal. Download that and get clarity on who future you is. So when I talk like this, I don't sound like a crazy person. You actually have some idea of who future you is and what you want out of your life. If you're ready to achieve your big dreams, it's time to join my DIY coaching program and accelerate your progress. What's that? You wanna know how a coaching program can be do it yourself? I'll tell you how. A coach's job is to ask you questions and help you figure out what's going to work for you while also teaching you the methods for overcoming your roadblocks and creating a future you are going to love. There's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I designed Unlock Your 5-Star Future the way I did. I created eight weeks of video lessons to handle the teaching part and over 100 pages of worksheets to ask you all the right questions to help you uncover your potential, unlock your motivation, find your focus, and achieve your dreams. It's all about you. The best part is, you can get started right now and work at your own pace. You'll pay once and get lifetime access. What are you waiting for? Go to becomingfutureyou.com forward slash unlock to join now and start living your version of your best life. All right, so step three. Now that you're gonna Set goals that matter to future you and bridge the biggest, most uncomfortable gaps. You're going to set goals that make you sprint. Set goals that make you sprint. I was a master procrastinator. So good at it, so good at it, right? So I told you that I was really, I thought I was a boss at setting goals because I know how to lay out a plan, but I would lay out a plan for a year. And then by like January 17th, I'd be tired, right? It was like a lot, like I put a lot in that year plan, but I would think it's okay because I'll get a burst of energy again, you know, when winter's over. I'll get a burst of energy again uh, when I'm done going on summer vacation. I will definitely get a lot of stuff done in October. 
and I procrastinate my way through the entire year and then end the year like, oh, wow, I did almost none of this. But that's because I wanted to plan so big picture. So now I'm going to ask you to set a two-week sprint goal. Okay, it doesn't have to be a two-week sprint goal. That's my first recommendation for you. But set a goal that's going to make you sprint because you will procrastinate less. And you will be less likely to over or underestimate time. So I was overestimating how much I could get done and underestimating how long things were going to take, which is like a great combination. It's not a great combination. So if you set a short goal, two weeks, four weeks, or 12 weeks, and let me throw in a book recommendation for you since we're talking about it. You even have it right here. The 12-week year. The 12-week year, which is by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. So the premise of the 12-week year is that a year is way too long, our brains can't comprehend it, and we set plans for the year that are more about like targets and less about action. So when you set smaller, shorter goals, like if I tell you to set a goal you're going to achieve in two weeks, that goal is not going to have too many steps. Like you're going to know that you can't put too many steps in the next two weeks. Setting a shorter goal is also going to help you stay focused. Does anybody else have shiny object syndrome? I, I think I'm not the only one. Uh, I definitely have it, especially when it comes to ideas and especially when it comes to working on things that are hard. If I'm working on something that's hard, it's amazing how many other ideas I get. I get so many good ideas, right? But if I'm working on a sprint goal, A, it's not that long. I don't have to put the shiny idea aside forever, but I know I can't fit it in these two weeks. So I'll just write this shiny idea down in a Word document called shiny ideas or, you know, plans for my next 12 week year, which is what it's actually called. And, and I know I'm not losing that idea, but I also know that I have to stay focused. So when you have a shorter goal that's making you sprint, you will stay focused. And most importantly, you will have a reason to celebrate sooner. You'll cross the finish line sooner. Remember when we talk about stretch goals and big dreams, they have to be broken down and chunked back because if you never cross a finish line, it's super depressing. I was one of those people who I would move the finish line for one thing. Man, I had so many bad habits, you guys. Aren't you lucky that I worked through these things so I could teach you about them? But I never let myself feel satisfied. And I don't think I'm alone in that. But I never let myself feel like I was doing well because I guess I thought, I guess I thought that I would quit. I thought if I was happy, I would stop trying. Turns out that's not true. Turns out it feels way better to cross finish lines, to take post-its off my Kanban board and be like, yes, I did that thing. Good job, me, and put it on the finish board. Whatever your celebration is, you have to set finish lines that you actually allow yourself to cross. And if you know, if, if when I said that I didn't ever let myself feel satisfied, if you're like, ooh, that's me, then I'm going to suggest that you do some journaling about why, 
why that might be. I knew it used to really hurt my feelings when people would be like, you can't be one of those people who says, I'll be happy when X, Y, Z happens because then you'll never be happy. And I would always take that advice and feel like there was something wrong with me. And I'd think, but I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I'll be happy when I'm 10 pounds lighter and I'm super rich because that makes me sound like a jerk. But for me, it was the worry. It was, it was that I didn't trust myself. So I had to figure out, oh, Mel, it's that you don't trust yourself. Turns out you can be satisfied and keep striving. So for you, you're going to set goals that matter to future you, and you're going to make sure they bridge the biggest gaps. Mm, hello, lowest rated life areas. Probably the things you don't want to look at right now. Sorry, it's only because I love you. And then you're going to set goals in those life areas that make you sprint. Don't overwhelm yourself. Set one goal. And, and if you're not sure how long the goal should be, set it for two weeks, okay? Two weeks is not that long. You'll get some information. You'll work on it. You'll recalibrate. You'll set another two-week goal. Then you can stretch to four weeks and 12 weeks, but get your legs under you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're gonna have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, be sure and download the free Becoming Future You journal at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash journal.